Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Church podcast, where we are engaging in conversations that will encourage you to live out your faith in everyday context so that you can be the church. I'm your producer, Isaiah. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Anderson. And I'm your other host, David Dominguez. Yes. So with that, uh, we are back. I know it's been a little bit just with the chaos of uh, how life can be sometimes. It's been a busy couple of um, weeks. It has know. been a busy couple of weeks. You guys went on vacations, then I went on a missions trip, then I went on vacation. Yeah. No, it, it's it been uh, quite quite the roller coaster. Yeah, it's been good. Um, it's, it, Kevin's family just went and rode some roller coasters, so that was, but, um, it was exciting. Thank now you. Thank today. you, David. Um, with that, we are continuing through the book Gentle and Lowly. If you're watching online, you'll see that I'm holding it up. If you're not, too bad. You just have to visualize it. It's got a beautiful cover with some sheep on it. Um, and it is, if you are wanting to follow along, um, we have uh, plenty of books and we'd love to give it to you for free if you just talk to us after uh, service on a Sunday or even email us at podcast at com, and we will even mail it to you, our gift to you, because we think it is that helpful and uh, just encouraging of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also receive the questions by emailing us a we- as well, uh, podcast at com, and uh, we can give you a link to what that what the questions are and where you can buy them. Um, without further ado, uh, Kevin, what is Gentle and Lowly about for those who might be hopping in for the first time? Yeah, I mean, really, to boil it down, the book's about the heart of Christ. You know, who he really is, uh, what comes natural to him, what ignites him to move towards sinners and sufferers. Um, you know, the, this book is to remind us of who our God is. You know, when we're discouraged, frustrated, weary, disenchanted, cynical, running on empty, um, you know, when, we, when we're making being a disciple of Jesus about our own performance, saying things like, how could I mess up? that badly again um this is for you know those times where we might be questioning whether god's irritated with us or his patience is wearing thin with us you know this book was written to remind us of who god is and how much god truly loves us even if we think we've deeply disappointed him yeah absolutely so with that, uh, I think it's important to note why we're going through this book as well, not just what it is, but why. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll say it a little differently every week, but one of the realities is in such an intellectual age with a lot of information and where we just kind of try to look at the truth, this really tries to get more towards the heart so that as we capture the idea of who God is, and if we know who he is, it'll spur us into a deeper love for Jesus and view him as more approachable so that it's not just a, a book with these ideas, but it really presses us. And really what we're hoping for is that it would challenge us and push us to deepen that relationship with Christ and really press into that relationship and know he's there for us. Um, so yeah, uh, with that, David, then 
Can you give us a quick overview or focus for this chapter here in chapter eight? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love chapter eight. It's one of my favorite chapters in the whole book. And so it focuses on Jesus's current role as our intercessor. Okay. And the chapter makes this point that, you know, we do a very good job of remembering the past work of Christ, what he came and accomplished here on earth for us, um, you know, namely our, our justification. But we tend to forget what he's currently still doing for us um, in the presence of the Father, which is his intercession. And so this chapter aims to remind us that Jesus is presently interceding for us, and he has not just left us alone to fend for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, that leads into our first question really well of, um, and Kevin, I'll have you answer this first. Do you think much about what Jesus is doing right now? Has the reality of his intercession been a part of your regular reflection and discipleship? You know, it's it's interesting. Um, I just finished reading through the Gospel of Luke this week. Yeah. And, you know, in the last chapter when Jesus meets up with the disciples, he's teaching them, you know, um, especially um, I always find the the walk on the road to Emmaus, like, so fascinating. It's like... He once again has to teach them the various things mm. he's been <laughs> teaching for <laughs> such a long time. It's just so fascinating. I mean, and again, I mean, in a way, if you think about it, I mean, just it again shows like the heart of what we've even been talking about in this book, like like Christ's patience and love and tenderness towards them, even though I mean, gosh, you know, and, and <laughs> so anyway, he, he teaches them, and then he shows up with the disciples themselves, and. You know, they're, they're touching his wounds. He eats with them. And I think there's just, a, you know, it hit me as I was reading that, even for myself as a pastor, like there's this tendency not to remember the the humanity of the resurrection. Like I think we think about the theological, like abstract idea of it. Like, oh, he's, he's risen from the dead. He's defeated sin and death. Like, we, we know, like, the theological jargon that's attached to it, but the reality is, like, Jesus Jesus' body, bodily resurrection, like, he is alive now. Like, he has a body. Like, his body is resurrected from the dead, and it's what ascended in, into heaven and s- sits at the right hand of the Father. And he he is doing his work now, not like as a spirit, like, but as a son of man, right? Sitting at the right hand of, of the Father. And, I, I, you know, I, I need that reminder that as he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, he's, he's interceding on my behalf. And that means that he's after my good and growth and, and, in him just as much as I am that um, he's seeking to be involved in every aspect of what's going on in, in our, in our lives. And, you know, kind of a, another thought I had as I was, as I was reading all that at the end of the, the gospel of Luke is that there's this tendency to like, think that Jesus's involvement in our lives is just at the cross mm-hmm. and the resurrection. Like, that's what he came to do. Like, 
in eternity, in eternity past, the father and their son set up this rescue mission. The Old Testament kind of leads us up to this rescue mission. We get to the New Testament, right? Jesus shows up on the scene. He does what what he came to accomplish, and then like that's it. And then it's just us, right? And like then we like make ourselves like the center of the Book of Acts, right? We 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 call ourselves a continuation of the Book of Acts, right? But right. it's like all about us, and it's like actually no, like. His ministry for us is active right now mm-hmm. through the church, and the church is his, and part of that ministry is his ever-present intercession on our behalf with the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not much to add there, but <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, that was very thorough and, and very good. Um, <laughs> no, no complaints from me, but... Yeah, as you were saying that, like, I kept going back to this common theme that we've been seeing in this book, and it's this, our just our propensity to want to base our relationship and our standing with God based on purely, like, what we do. And I kind of, I kind of hear that in what you're saying. You're like, this, this idea that we do such a good job of remembering what Jesus did, but then sometimes disconnect it with what the rest of Scripture makes mm-hmm. clear, which is, yeah, even the rest of our lives are in 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 ways aided and guided by what Jesus is actively doing right now. We we ignore that because we have this just desire to just be like, all right, now I'm gonna pull myself up by my own bootstraps yeah. and do things myself. And what this book has done over and over again is taken us back and be like, there's something so much better. It's not that you don't have to work hard or that you don't have to strive for what you're doing, but it's so much, I mean, we're going to get to this with even like prayer, like so much greater to like understand, like, yes, I am striving to make things right with my father, but I already have someone who is, who's there advocating for me in front of him. Like that is such a better way forward than just putting, heaping all of this, uh, all, all of this, uh, responsibility Mm. on ourselves when he's willingly asking us to just follow him um, and allow him to carry with us. So good. Yeah. I think even like as a pastor, like it's hard for me to not just immediately point people back to the finished work of Christ and, and remember like, but his work's not finished. Like justification was accomplished. Yeah. But sanctification, sanctification and glorification have been promised and are being accomplished mm-hmm. now. And his intercession for us is a part of that. And, like, how how amazing is that to think that, like, right now, as we're recording this podcast, and, like, we're, we're desperately hoping that we can bring some encouragement and shine some light into mm-hmm. people's, you know, weariness. Like, we're all, we're all carrying different burdens and struggling with different things. And, you know... You know, the things I hear as a pastor, like, people are struggling right now with different things, like, all over the place. Like, how comforting it? How comforting is it for me as a pastor knowing the people that I deeply care about and I petition for and I'm praying for right now, and, like, I see them struggling, and I want to see God give them a breakthrough, that Jesus is already interceding for them and cares far more than I do. Like, mm. like that's liberating for me as a pastor. For, for, for someone who's listening to this and struggling with something, like, Jesus is interceding for you right now. Whether you are going to him or not, he is interceding on your behalf to the Father. Like, that's where the good news, like, keeps being good news. Like, it's like I have to remind people regularly. You know, they'll, they'll say something like, 
they'll, they'll be struggling with their sin. They'll say like, pastor, like I look at myself and like, I, I just can't help. Like I, 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 I look at my life and I look at the promises of scripture and I say like, how, like, how can God be this good? Mm-hmm. It's like, cause he's not like you. Cause he is that good. He, he is exactly what he says he is in the scripture. He, he is far better than we can dare imagine. And this yeah. is part of the beauty of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, and as we think about Christ's present actions in our lives right now, uh, and I know we've already kind of started to talk about mm-hmm. it, but what does it mean that Jesus intercedes for us and how does that calm and reassure you right now? Yeah, I mean, I think foundationally it, it means he's pleading on our behalf, mm-hmm. you know, because, um, you know, as I said earlier, right, Christ both secured our salvation with his work on the cross and in his resurrection, but he's, he's still working now, right. interceding as a, as a high priest for us in heaven. You know, and, and this continues to be necessary because we still sin and God is still holy. Right, absolutely. Right, so something must still be occurring on our behalf. To put it another way, right, the Son goes to the Father continually on our behalf to remind him of his finished work and the promise of salvation and forgiveness to us. Um, as uh, Dane says in the book, intercession is the constant hitting refresh of our justification in the court of heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really appreciated how in this chapter he he did a good job of kind of explaining like what you what you just said, this idea of, you know, justification as the, you know, past completed work mm-hmm. of Christ, but then this intercession as the application of it like moment to moment. So so Jesus like you said kind of repeatedly presenting our our case in, before the before the father right and you already highlighted well, you know why is that necessary because we we sin all the time right and i think this reminds us of of a couple of things one is like the personal aspect of our mm-hmm. redemption right like like the fact that jesus is doing this for you like if you're a believer like this is something that jesus is doing personally for you mm-hmm. in front of the father like i think that's something that we sometimes again don't don't pay attention to. We just yeah. read it in scripture and we're like, oh yeah, Jesus is an advocate with the Father. Great. Like, let's move on. It's like, no, like this is what he is doing actively for you. And then it it also again frees us from this idea that we have to right that wrong ourselves. Like, oh, Jesus did his part, and then now he's just expecting us to to be our own advocates or to be our our, our own um, mediator with the father. Um, and it helps us, helps us realize that he is the one who is willingly filling that gap for us. I love how, um, in the book he quotes Bunyan and he says, you know, that he referring to Jesus justifies by bestowing upon, not by expecting from us. Mm. And again, it's, it's this beautiful tension that all Christians have, which is, you know, I'm still called to a holy, pleasing life to the Lord while also being being called to rejoice and rest in the work of Christ in the past, in the present, and in the future. Yeah. All, all I could think of is, like, as we're sitting here talking about this, and we talked about this a little bit in the production meeting, was, yeah. you know, the life of Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 
you know, Jesus is petitioning based upon his performance, right? So it's the perfect person to have interceding for us. You know, the same the same way that that you know that Moses, when he intercedes on behalf of Israel, he asks God on behalf of God's character and promises mm-hmm. not on the performance of, of the of the Israelites, you know, and like Jesus is standing there, and like I'm thinking of him, like interceding on my behalf, going like, "Dad, I know, but I died in his place and have given him my righteousness." Right, we like keep him like d- daily, right? And like he's not mentioning any of my accolades and like the great sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago or, you know, that good counseling session we may have had or like, again, I'm only mentioning the good things that I do in, my, <laughs> in ministry right now, right? But like he's not mentioning any of those works. He's just like, I died, rose again for him, right? Keep keep him based upon the promises we've we've given him. Mm-hmm. Like how amazing is that? Like we, like, this this continual story, right, of intercession always being based upon the performance of God and what he's done and his promises instead of the performance of man and what yeah. he's done. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's such a, a good word. Um, so as we think about Christ's intercession, uh, there's a great qualifier phrase that is used in Hebrews 7.25 uh, that uh, Bunyan links to intercession in the following statement, uh, which was, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. How is the phrase to the uttermost a comfort for you? Yeah, so that word there, uttermost, and by the way, this is all Kevin's work, so got to give him some credit. <laughs> well, it's also the book, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the book the book highlights it too. But Actually, when I put that in here, though, I did not use the book. Oh, oh look at you. Shout out to blueletterbible.com. Oh, look at you, Kevin. Or dot .org. I can't remember which one it is, but great resource if you're ever looking oh, yeah. for a free one resource. One of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, I like logos, but, you know, blue letters is okay. Logos is not free, though. So Well, the one I use is. Anyways, <laughs> but... um. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this word uttermost is panteles. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, um, but it, it, it gives this idea of like full ended and, and it has these applications in scripture, which include like perfect or completely or all complete. Right. And so when it's referring here to the fact that he can save to the uttermost, it's referring to a salvation that is complete. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the word that you should, that you should think of um, as like simplest terms. And, so to your idea, like, why is this comforting? Why should this be comforting to, to believers? Well, like, plainly, it, it's, it's calling to us that there's, like, no area in your life that you, can, that you can say, oh, this is too dark, this is too far gone, this is too evil that Christ can't redeem. There's, there's, there's no part of your life that he can— that is what he is referring to— when he's talking about the uttermost. And in fact, he they make this point in the book. He says that our sinning also goes out to the uttermost. So therefore, Christ's salvation must also go out there. And, you know, God's forgiving, redeeming, restoring touch, he says this in the book, reaches down into the darkest crevices of our soul those places where we are most ashamed and most defeated. And I mean, think about like just conversations that you have with people and like even the thoughts that you have in your own mind, like, like Kevin said, like when you, when you 
are in sin or, or, or do something that you're like, oh my gosh, how can I be so dumb that I did that? We're so quick to like put these qualifiers in, in, into God's love and his forgiveness and what he has done for us that we don't realize that, that, that the qualifier that we're actually given is that his salvation is to the uttermost. It's, it's even to those extremes. Like there's nothing he cannot redeem and change and make mm. beautiful again. And that's what gives us hope. Yeah, it's like the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, right? Yeah. Coming coming through again, right? That, that, that his promise is to completely save as we draw near to him. Mm. And, you know, not only does it say that he does so, but notice it says he lives for it. That's the part that, like, really, really mm. stands out to me. Like, okay, we're going back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, right? right. He's alive again. Right. Right. And he's interceding for us. Like, that's why he's alive. Like, this was part of the grand cosmic plan of the Trinity that when Christ would raise from the dead, he would raise to live for making intercession Mm -hmm. for his sheep. Like, that. Like, think about that for a second. Jesus Christ is alive today to intercede for us. For you, the listener, he's alive to intercede for you. Like, how, how, how does that reorient the way you think about Jesus right now? How does that reorient the way you think about the resurrection? Right? Not, not, not for your glory, right? but for his glory and your good. Right? That, he, that he lives for this. Like... He's not begrudgingly interceding for me. He's not yeah. the he's not the uh, public defense attorney that got assigned to my case. No, he's the he's the top flight lawyer who's working pro bono because he wants to take it mm. because he loves me because he loves you. Yeah, no, I think that's such a, a valuable uh, realization and reminder that it isn't begrudging, that he mm. loves us so much, like he he longs to do this and enjoys to do this, and it's not something that, <clears throat> you know, he is begrudging about, but, you know, think about even the thing that you're most passionate about and you'll, like, give everything to, and it's so much more than that. And, like, he's never tired of it. He never is, like another day. Oh, it's this person again. Like he has no regrets Mm. about interceding for us and he just absolutely loves us. And like, that's such a, a powerful thing to realize in, you know, as we've talked a lot about already in this book, just like really fighting against our perspective of shame and like feeling unworthy. And he just loves, you know, to blow that out of the water and be like, Jesus loves you so, so much. And this is such a great example of that to the uttermost. Um, So that really just does bring us to that amazing reality and perspective that if you are in Christ, he himself is praying for you. How does this transform or strengthen your own prayer life? Yeah, I think for me, it's liberating. It should be anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's 
you know, if I don't pray today, as foolish as that may be, there's no disconnection to the Father because Christ is making intercession for me. You know, it's like, if I fail to talk to my wife for a week, there's going to be a disconnect there. (laughs) Just maybe. (laughs) Don't try this at home. (laughs) Highly discourage it. But, and I would highly discourage not praying to the Lord. Yeah. But the relationship, you know, you know, if I fail to pray, the, the disconnect's going to come on my end, not not God's end, because Christ is interceding for me. You know, the, the disconnect is on my end. Like, I, I'm not hearing from the Father. I'm not talking with Him. Like, Jesus doesn't fail to intercede on my behalf because of it. And so it's just, it's liberating, like, even in, like, the most basic of, like, spiritual disciplines, right, prayer. God liberates us from our pretense or our, or our belief that we want to throw on ourselves immediately that our performance matters cosmically. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I always, like, I don't want to sound antinomian. Right. Right? But in terms of justification... It doesn't. And I'm a synergist when it comes to sanctification, so we, we don't want to run down that rabbit trail right now. But <laughs> We do not. <laughs> the monergists are like, oh, I'm turning this off right now. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I would ask you to describe those words, but uh, for the sake of uh, not wanting to go Well, they can always words. go look them up, right? Yeah, yeah. Monergism and synergism. Go look it up and enjoy <laughs> enjoy the next several hours of your rabbit day. Rabbit trail, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I think I think that's super, super insightful. I I think when I when I was like thinking through this just verse and this question specifically, I think it just helped me put my prayer life into a better perspective, right? You know, like many of the things that we're called to in scripture, Jesus is our perfect example, right? He so so realizing that we're even in this idea of interceding in prayer he is leading the way um which which is amazing he's not just asking us to do it without him doing it himself but he's actually offering to do it with us so together mm-hmm. so it puts in into perspective what type of of savior we are we have sorry um that he doesn't just domineer and say hey do this because i said so but actually models it for mm-hmm. us and then offers to to walk alongside us while we're doing that and then with with the the quote that he puts in the book of of Burkhoff that says, you know, that Christ is praying for us even when we neg- when we are negligent in our prayer life, which is kind of mm-hmm. what you just went went into. I agree. It just it it should it must bring comfort mm-hmm. to our hearts. You know, this realization that Christ intercedes for us. Mm-hmm. He's walking along <laughs> with us through our walk here on earth, even within our prayer life. If that isn't something that makes you desire to pray, I, I don't know what will. I really don't. Yeah, and, and I do think it brings hope for uh, someone like me who <laughs> struggles with the burden of everything. 
Um, so, you know, I'll bring up Enneagrams. I'm not saying, you know, we're not going to go on a rabbit trail here, but as a two, like we care a lot about people. And with that, we take the weight of how they're doing on us. And, you know, there's a healthy line for like bearing one another's burdens, but it's not to be a way of like killing yourself in the process. And there's a beautiful thing in knowing that Christ is praying for all those people I care about and that he's praying for me as I, you know, try to love people. And that again, just a reminder of, Hey, the burden is not on me to save them. Like Jesus is the one that is interceding and is ultimately like giving salvation to those who would receive it. And to know that that's not all on my shoulders is really, you know, first of all, you know, something that I have to pray through and remind myself of regularly, but it's moments like these that remind us of his active uh, work and power in my life, as well as all those around me. By the way, I think you're at least a seven. I, I get that a lot, but uh, if you, the more you get to know me, the more you realize I'm a two. <laughs> Anyways, this is a side tangent. Womp, womp. Nope, nope, not that. Oh, one. I did. You have one job. There, you there go. it is. Don't edit any of this out. <laughs> yeah, you guys get to deal with us as we're being goofy. <laughs> Congratulations, audience. You're a part of the club now. Um. Yeah. So do you guys have any uh, closing thoughts or things you want to say? No, I, like I said, if you don't have this book, just ask us for it. It's free. I think it's, it's very useful. It, the, the applications of it are so practical to our everyday Christian life. Like you leave reading this chapter thinking what a privilege it is that I get to pray and then I have an advocate with the father like that that is the type of encouragement mm-hmm. that we should be receiving from scripture day in and day out yeah yeah I would I'd like to if it's okay just to yeah. take a minute to to pray for the people that are absolutely that are that are listening to this yeah um if you're listening and you're by yourself or whatever else and you're able to would you just bow your head and kind of get into a place where you're quiet if you're driving in your car or whatever else please pay attention to the road or or whatever else it is that you're doing but uh, let's just let's just go to the lord and and let's thank him for how good he is Let's, let's do that heavenly father i i just one just appreciate that there are mediums and and opportunities to encourage and equip and empower um, people that we may never even meet face to face, but somehow come across this little 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 podcast that we produce and and record. And God, I I want to pray right now for the for the people who are listening to this. I don't know what's going on in their lives. I don't I don't know. They they may be in a season of um excitement and. Re- rejoicing and God we thank you for that but if but if they're not how will you remind them Holy Spirit will you just touch them right now remind them that you care for them how will you remind them the promises of Hebrews chapter 7 
Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. God, will you liberate us from the lies we believe that we have to perform and, and earn your love that that Jesus' work was a one-time thing and now it, now it relies on us. That if we're not doing our spiritual disciplines or going to you like, like we're supposed to, that you're angry or withholding from us or disappointed. No, quite the opposite. That even when we are hiding like Adam and Eve did, you are interceding for us. That even as your anger boiled at the Israelites, Moses interceded for them, and, and God, you, you turned away your wrath. And the same is done for us, because our great and faithful high priest intercedes for us daily. God, what a gift. What a Savior. What a God. Where we worship you. Lord, help us not to grow weary in rejoicing in you and in doing good. Father, I pray that this would be an encouragement and that you would meet both myself but those listening in a way that only you can. We love you and we thank you for your word and we ask this all in the good name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, we hope you guys uh, feel blessed by that. And just uh, remember that Christ is interceding on your behalf. Um, as always, if you have any further questions, please feel free to reach out to us. We love to hear from you guys uh, at podcast at com. I, I would love to see a question in the email that asks Isaiah why he can never find the right button when he wants to insert <laughs> a, a joking moment into the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, found it. There we go. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting better. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, with that, uh, if you have questions, reach out. If you want a book, reach out. We're here for you. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and share that this can bless others. Uh, and we will see you next time. Go and be the church. That's not talking. Oh, Kevin. Well, that's what it was. Can you say Kevin? That? That's the first time I've seen how bad your mustache is. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. It's really bad. <laughs> wow. I was surprised it took you this long. Like, I've been scurrying I, around. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I've known Josh for years. I don't hate it. It's an act of love for me to tell Josh that I find it hideous. <laughs> He does it every time I do this, too. He's very, very verbal about it. It's quite entertaining. It's because Josh is such a good-looking guy, <laughs> and that's just not a good look for him. I think you're such a good-looking guy that it can be a good look for you. Wow, David. so I think very, very few people pull off a mustache really well. and It's making a comeback. Be, it is. But there's a lot of people that, sh like that guy for St. Andrews. Doug? He's not pulling that off. St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Doug, Doug is absolutely pulling it off. He's pulling it off because he continues oh to win games. Goodness. Like, the look itself is hideous. The guy for Gonzaga, I'm pretty sure God punished them last night for that mustache, and that's why they <laughs> lost. Drew Timmy, that's absolutely truth.